in 2007, the iPhone came out. Today we're talking about the digital age. Who's the problem here, the kids or the parents? Today we're spilling the deets on how to live a happier, freer digital life. Hi, my name is Stephanie Pletka, and I'm here to navigate the messy parts of motherhood. I'm a small-town mom of four who took a parenting blog and wrote a book to help moms find the goodness in the hard places, to chase their dreams and write their story. So sit tight in the carpool lane. You know what I'm talking about, mamas. Comfortable in those yoga pants and get ready to be encouraged. This is the Motherhood Mindset with Stephanie Pletka. So in 2007, the iPhone came out, and I thought just to gain a little perspective, I'd do research to better understand what happened. In 2007, the premiere of Keeping Up with the Kardashians came on. Vladimir Putin was Time's Person of the Year. Oh, my goodness. Drew Carey took over as host of The Price is Right. And one of the top box office hits was Harry Potter's The Order of the Phoenix. You know, times are changing. Oh, my gosh. And technology seems to be running our lives more than ever. Some for the good, some for not. Are you tired, though, of the digital age taking over the goodness of the moments? You know, life is fleeting, and it's time to take ownership of our digital mess to create more intentional guidelines to make sure that we're the boss, as opposed to our phones and social media running the show. Well, I have a great interview today. I'd like to introduce Victoria Saylor. She's the Senior Manager for Education Partnerships and Community Engagement at Common Sense Media. She uses her background in education to create relevant content. She collaborates with school districts and programs to engage families in digital citizenship as an advocate for their well-being. In her free time, Victoria enjoys cooking and traveling and hiking in the beautiful Arizona desert, which is how I met Victoria on the trails Thanks to my friend Jennifer. It's fun to see you shine, Vicki, in a different light off the trails. I mean, I didn't realize you were such a rock star as children's advocate until we teamed up to speak on the School Connect podcast, episode 13. Well, thank you for having me, Stephanie. It's so great to be here. And I love knowing you and, yeah, seeing you shine as well in all of your endeavors. You're an author. You have this podcast. You're reaching so many families and what you do is truly remarkable. So I'm so honored to be here in your presence, also working together to advocate for families because that's what we both do. So thank you. Thank you for that. You know, I wish my kids thought I was as cool as all the things you just listed. (laughs) Oh, I'm sure they do. They just don't know how to say that yet. You know, wait a few years and And they'll tell you all the great things that you did as they were growing up. Yeah, you know, I was thinking of the different trends. I mean, can you believe in 2007, all of that happened? I mean, (laughs) it just seems like a blip on the radar that that just happened. And now here we are in 2022. And I think, oh my gosh, it just seemed like that was a couple of years ago. You know, our kids, they won't always be running to us to tell us about their day. And I felt a little bad the other day because, you know, if you think about it, our days are numbered. If you think of it as in numbers, like, oh, 15 more times, or in 15 more times, maybe our kids are going to stop vying for our attention. Or maybe we have three more times before 
they change their habits thinking that, oh, you know, mom is kind of busy with social media and they just walk out of the room. And I think maybe I'm the culprit. Uh, it's easy to look at my kids and think, oh, just get off of digital media. There's some days I just want to put their video games under the wheel of my car and just run over. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you and me both. And, you know, I want to do that to my own devices because I feel that I even need help. You know, we talk about helping our kids navigate their digital lives. But what about us as parents? You know, it's difficult for us as well. So, you know, having that empathy for your kids is really important, but also being a good role model, also being a good media mentor for them because children learn what they live. We know that. And so they'll take our lead and we do have to start at a younger age now. You know, when I was raising my kids, they're both adults now. When I was raising them, you know, digital media consisted of maybe some music and some TV shows you know, maybe an app here and there, but because I wasn't really techie, I didn't really go there. You know, then the video game started and we did, we, we used it with them, which is another really important, you know, aspect of using media and tech with your kids, you know? So, so that helped us, you know, kind of get our feet wet, but then, you know, you said 2007 and it's 2022 in the grand scheme of things, that's not a lot of time. But things have changed so dramatically and a lot of parents feel like they're being left behind. And so a lot of times the first thing we want to do is just throw in the towel and say, you know what? They know more than I do. Forget it. But we really do need to have those conversations with them, talk to them about, you know, why they're using media and tech, why they feel the need to be on social media so much, why they feel the need to be texting their friends constantly and try to understand where they're coming from. So you know, it just, it changes at such a rapid pace, you know, and kids want the same things we want, but, oh yeah, you were saying about wanting to run it over and it's true, but you know what the fact is, is that we can't run it over because media and tech is everywhere and our kids don't know another kind of world. And I don't know where I was reading. I was reading something that like, by the time our kids are in the workforce, like something crazy, like over 50% of jobs are going to be only online. And so think about the job market they're going to be going into. They need to be techie. So let's find a way to help them. You know, that's a good point. And I think oftentimes we really just want to be online for connection. And I know sometimes for me, it's uh, easy to have that FOMO, you know, the fear of missing out. I see Mm -hmm. what everyone else is doing and I think, oh, I don't want to miss out. I don't want to miss on the boat, you know, and they pair the phone to your watch. And then those are paired to your earpods, to the Fitbit, to the Spotify, to the Bluetooth. You just can't miss a message. And there's some days I just want to feel as though I'm untethered from all of the devices because there are times people will reach out and they're thinking there's no way that she didn't get this. You know? <laughs> I'm just like, I just want to be free from my mind of all of this because I know for me and maybe my kids are similar. I feel like this, this squirrel, you know, <laughs> these tendencies of hyperactivity, like a squirrel in this room with falling nuts, you know, <laughs> Definitely. And, and it's just like, ah, oh, the kind of ADHD comes out and this creates this tough spot in our brain to really feel like it's hardwired all the time to, you know, looking for a space to breathe, to relax, to find this, this uh, discover, you know, boredom or this art of play. You had mentioned that kids oftentimes they're looking at digital media just, you know, really for connection. 
Yeah, definitely. And we saw more of that with, you know, the pandemic and kids spending more time at home. Um, families all have different needs. They all have different wants. Some families are staying in more even now, or they've created a new lifestyle. And so with that, they've had to pivot and change their habits. So maybe they are spending more time at home. And so they're seeing their kids spend more time on these devices. And what happens many times is that we go into something and it can be anything. It doesn't have to be media and tech, but a lot of times we go into new things and we don't make a plan for what that's going to look like. So a really important place families can start or start over is with the family media agreement, you know, define what media and tech use is going to look like for their family. Um, make a decision together as a family, because we know the importance of taking their feelings into consideration, but also setting those expectations, those boundaries, we need to be their guardrails, we need to be those training wheels, much in the same way that we taught them how to ride a bike, we need to help them, you know, develop those skills to use these devices to use media and tech in a balanced way to use it for good in positive ways. Um, and we need to be that that role model. More importantly, we need to really set the example. You know, it's funny that you said that because you're like, be the, the guardrails, be the guidelines. And I know sometimes my kids, I'll be like, okay, you're not taking those to your bedroom. Make sure that, you know, you put them on the chargers at night. And it's easy to say that. And then they'll come, they'll come in at night and they'll be like, hey, mom, good night. And they'll see like this blue glow coming out from the, the yeah, and you're like shoving the phone <laughs> under your sheets. You're like, I'm not doing anything. Nope, not at all. <laughs> so it's easy to be like, okay, guys, you know, eat your four square meals a day and broccoli's good for you and drink your milk. And, you know, we're sitting over there crunching on a bowl of, um, you know, Rocky Road ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the truth? You know, let's um, get real here. <laughs> I mean, and those are the conversations you can have, you know, maybe, for whatever reason, I mean, we're human. We're, we're moms. Let's get real. We're, you were human. And maybe we did need more connection that day. Maybe we felt left out because parents can feel left out too. Moms can feel left out. I mean, maybe you needed more connection that day, but that's an opportunity for you to talk to them and say, you know, I feel like you sometimes. And today is one of those days. I'm feeling lonely. I'm missing my best friends. I haven't gone hiking with my hiking buddies for a long time. I really want to see what they're up to. So you know what? You caught me, but you know what? You're right. Let me do something else. What else can I do to help me feel better? And so, because a lot of times we use social media to feel better. We, you know, we use our phones to connect with people like you're saying, and that's okay, but we need to really use it in balance and have those conversations and say like, Hey, what can I do instead of this? Because we all know, I mean, in studies have found, we do a lot of research at Common Sense. Everything we do is based on research. And we found that, you know, kids should turn their phones off um, two hours before bed. We found that being on these devices close to bedtime impacts their sleep. We even found that a lot of kids, a lot of teenagers are being disrupted in the middle of the night because of those notifications. So having these conversations, going back to the family media agreement, talking about what that's going to look like, how we're going to use media and tech, how we're going to set up our devices, making sure that their privacy settings are to what you want them to be in your family, making sure that those notifications are turned off um, during sleep time. That's really important. If, you know, a lot of kids will throw at you, well, I use my phone to wake up. 
I need it for my alarm. You know, maybe investing in an old fashioned alarm clock, you know, is another great first step because, you know, you're always going to hear those excuses. Oh, well, I need my phone because of this, or I'm doing homework. I need my phone. So just making a plan, but having those expectations put in place. And then maybe, of course, talking about consequences and then knowing, like you said earlier, things constantly change. So revisiting these conversations because needs right now, not might not be the same as needs in the future. So things change, kids develop, they, they grow older, their needs change, families change, dynamics change, schedules change. So having those conversations early and often is really important. Ooh, I love discussing the guidelines because you were saying, you know, two hours before bedtime, because it really impacts our sleep. And we know that when you don't have you know, good sleep the next day, your test scores are lower. It just really all is a snowball effect. And I love the part where you talked about like me too. I feel that way too. It's easy for me to say, well, you know, when my kids walk in and, but, but mom, you know, I'm, I'm writing show notes or, oh, I'm doing marketing campaign or really it just doesn't matter what you're doing they don't no one cares <laughs> it's like what are the parameters or mom's still on the internet or the kids are still you know on their phones at midnight it's the thing is it doesn't matter what you're doing you, you just need to be off you know when right and that's the thing like some things can come up in the moment we know that things happen there might be an emergency or they got a late notice for an assignment or the schedule that day got messed up for whatever reason, you know, your car broke down and you weren't home in time for them to do their homework. And so now they're behind schedule. So that's okay once in a while, but if it becomes a habit, then that's a problem. So setting those guidelines for when you're going to use media and tech, how often, for how long, um, you know, some parents say, you know, my, my children, they're not allowed to have any video gaming during the week during the school week, they can only access video games on the weekend, and they are only allowed two hours. So setting those guidelines, setting those parameters, those, you know, restrictions, whatever you want to call them, but making sure they're aware of them, but also being flexible enough to know that sometimes things might happen, and things might have to change, you know, but again, if it becomes a habit, or you're noticing that behavior, and again, going back to the sleep. Yeah, test scores, can be affected, you know, their, their school performance can be affected, but not only that, their behavior can be affected. If they're not rested, you know, kids are already dealing with, you know, changes in their body and their hormones and all that. We already get that. If that's paired with constant lack of sleep or disrupted sleep, then their behaviors, their attitudes can change. And then, like you said, it's a snowball effect. That could impact their relationships with their friends, with their family, with their teachers. It could impact their performance in school. It could impact their performance in their sport if they're an athlete, you know, so different things. Um, but really explaining it to them, too, because a lot of times we go in as parents and because I say so. And that should be the, <laughs> that should be the only thing we need to say to them, but kids really want to understand. And I think our generation is better about that with our kids. We're better at explaining things to them. And I think that helps also in strengthening our family bonds. So just conversations, they're so important. 
Oh, I totally wish we could just say because I said so. That would fix everything. I, I wouldn't have I, to seriously, use my brain. I don't so know how many times I've said that and it never worked. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it just made them more mad. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you said too, you know, it's, it's being flexible. That is really key because it's easy to be like the law is the law, you know, and that just really puts a barrier in between the two of you now because it's like they don't understand and we just really are pushing them away. It's like disciplining them for something like, go to your room. Well, that's where all the good stuff is. Okay. You know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Really? Because I can't get my kid out of his room. You know, he comes home from college and so excited to see him and I don't. And then I just have to pull myself back and think to myself, you know what? He's happy. He's healthy. Maybe he is spending more time on video games right now, or maybe he is spending more time texting with his friends right now, but it's his time off from school and he's seeking that connection. And maybe his best friend is busy working or maybe his best friend's not in town and he's on vacation and, and we're not. If that's the only way he can connect with him and it's at one o'clock in the morning, and obviously it is during vacation time, they don't have to go to school, then I need to give him that space. But again, after three or four nights of it, I might say something, you know, so being flexible. I mean, that's what we try to teach our little kids when we're developing their executive functioning skills. We want kids to learn flexibility in their thinking. So we have to be the same. We have to model it. But again, having those parameters. Yeah. It's funny that you said, you know, uh, here, here mom is, she's dealing with her hormones and they're dealing with their hormones. And, you know, <laughs> it's like I'm, a recipe for disaster. <laughs> it is the perfect storm. Especially um, if you have girl, if this was, you have female children, if this girls, can you imagine? <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, you know, I'm hangry and I'm angry and, <laughs> and they are too. And I'll go to bed and I can hear like on like a Saturday night, you know, they're like, Hey, we don't have, or a Friday night, you know, dad and the boys, they're all wrestling in the living room. And then I go to bed, it's midnight and I start hearing whatever video game it is they pipe it up and they're laughing and they're all in there playing against each other and I'm just I feel delirious you know <laughs> I know we want them to have friends we want their friends to come over and like they'll have a sleepover and it's two o'clock in the morning and you're like can you be quiet I need to get some sleep but then at the same time you're happy because they have friends you know <laughs> exactly exactly you know I know that social media spent like a gazillion dollars on the psychology of the sound you know that ding the sound that creates that that fear of missing out, it's, it's sort of like um, yeah. likening to that cha-ching of the sound of coins dropping in a slot machine in Vegas. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, they, know, they have the psychology down, these social media platforms. And we are, at Common Sense, we do a lot of advocacy. And we're really trying to hold those companies accountable. Um, because, I mean, even kids, we've done research and we've done studies with kids. And I think, I mean, something crazy like, Gosh, what is the number? Let's see if I can remember. I think it's like 70% of teens feel manipulated, you know, like they, they feel that these companies are manipulating them, but they still are okay with it. Because like you said, it's a fear of missing out. These companies have designed these platforms to be colorful and eye catching. Their notifications are in red because they want to instill that, that need for you to get to something it's urgent. You know, when things are urgent, they're in red, right? It's like red flag. You need to get to this right now. The like button, you know, kids want to have those likes. Uh, have you heard of do it for the gram, you know, kids on, on Instagram, they're not doing it for themselves. They're doing it to see how many likes they get. And, and the other thing that we found that these companies are, are creating, or I don't even know if, if that's the right word, but 
girls are still on these social media platforms and the kind of comments that they're generating are all based on their looks or size. So even, even girls, even girls to girls, Oh, you're so beautiful. You're so hot. Everything's about their looks, right? We did the same study for boys. It was all about how strong and cool they were. So we've got to change that. We've got to change that narrative and, I mean, I even do that to some of my friends. Oh, you look so beautiful when I make a comment. So I know we want to lift our friends up, but we need to find other ways to lift them up because Mm. we're just continuing that narrative. Wow. Oh, my gosh. And it's so funny how we're like, oh, the kids are doing this, but we're doing the exact same thing. Yeah. So, (laughs) Stephanie, I'm never going to say how beautiful you are, even though I think you're gorgeous. (laughs) Let's just go for a walk on the trails. I'm going to say, wow, that trail looks so challenging i'm <laughs> so go. proud of you oh i did it she did it she's strong i know you're so strong you know, I mean, why don't we do that why is it always you're so beautiful you look amazing um, i know and you know i've had uh, i had sinus surgery this week and my my face swelled up and i'm just like oh my gosh everything i feel like a flounder that's on the beach and trying to <laughs> breathe you know <laughs> right now and so we've got a little bit you know it'd be funny I came out of surgery and I don't speak southern anymore but uh, <laughs> I just speak oh. nasal <laughs> you're like oh no what's happened to me <laughs> well um, lastly I want to talk a little bit about like some actionable steps to getting kids off of social media to live more of a, of a face-to-face intentional life I know for us we traveled across country in a motorhome and we took our four teenagers which was hard and crazy and did I say hard and we laughed a lot and we cried some I mean it it was just stinky shoes and uh, great fire pit moments and really I know a lot of people are like well I can't do that I can't just pull my kids up and just take off on a motorhome trip but um, you know there's lots of other ways of doing that like you know after dinner walks or a, a road a quick little road trip for the weekend or I mean there's a lot of different ways but I wanted to talk to you a little bit about like what have we, what are ways that you have heard that people just you know kind of entice their kids or bring them to a place where there's more creativity to even make them not want to be on social media you know that's that's like the golden question I don't think we can help them not want to be on social media I really believe in in, you know, kids want to be like other kids. They want to relate to their friends. And if everybody else is on there, like you said, they want to be on there too. What works for one family doesn't work for another family. You know, I might be able to take a walk with my kids after school, but maybe my son's best friend's mom, maybe, maybe she's a nurse or a doctor and maybe they have, I don't know, they have different hours, let's say, and they're not at home. We need to make sure that we help create a self-regulating child. And that begins from the very beginning. So having those plans in place, talking about what it's going to look like for your family and having maybe a set of alternative activities, whether you're available or not, Um, you know, building that in. But you have to be intentional about the time you're going to spend with these devices and every family looks different, but you have to have a plan in place. And we do have one on our website and all of our resources are free. 
So parents can go on there and look for parenting articles. There's, there are videos, tutorial videos, you know, how do I set up my, my cell phone? How do I track screen time for my kids on their device? Or how do I protect my kids or whatnot? Or what is TikTok? I have no idea what this is. So we have tons of articles, tons of videos uh, to help guide parents on our website, just at commonsense.org. We also have a texting program called Tech Balance, and it's a free texting service where families can sign up for tips and advice on how to have more of that balance. Um, Yeah, so all they have to do is text the word kids to the number 21555, and they'll receive weekly tips and advice on how to have more of that balance. And so we'll send home tips like, hey, tonight's game night. What if you do this or go on a scavenger hunt? So we we send tips and advice like that. Or if they are going to use apps, you know, here are the 10 best apps for learning. Or let's say your child has autism. Here are some resources or some apps that are more beneficial for kids with autism, for example. Wow, this has been such great information. And I just want to say thank you so much, Vicki, for sharing with us from Common Sense today. Some real, you know, allowing parents to have these, you know, more actionable steps in really navigating successfully this digital world. So I appreciate you. And until next time. Thank you. Hey, guys, if this show has blessed you, the number one way you can help me is to click the five stars and tell me what you think over on Apple Podcast. You can go to my website at stephaniepletka.com and subscribe or grab a copy of my book, Living Your Best Life, or even download the Audible for Moms on the Go. Are you in the Phoenix area? Tune into Faith Talk 1360 every Monday at 4 or listen to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Until then, here's to living your best life.